Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of Business with the Stars. My name is Najma and in today's Wednesday family episode, we are going to talk about um, the CEO or the next CEO for your family business. So how to develop your next CEO uh, for the family business that you have. So uh, just before we jump right into the different parts uh, of this episode, I just wanted to make a distinction between a CEO and an owner. So a CEO is typically given to someone um, by the board of directors. It is a position. While owner as a job title is earned um, by sole proprietors or entrepreneurs who have total ownership uh, of the business. Now, um, these job titles are, are, are not mutually exclusive. So CEOs can be owners and owners can be CEOs. So in this case, I'm really talking about um, a family that is owned uh, by someone currently. But for whatever reasons, um, a lot of us, I know that's also my case, feel like a CEO or someone else that is not in the close family um, can actually take over uh, and manage the company. So that's really the distinction between the two. So we are going to talk about this topic uh, in two parts. The first part is going to be the family and the second part would be the non-family. So what I'm going to talk about are really the members uh, that, are, that can be considered to be the next CEO. So under the family members, which is the first part, we are going to talk about the family insider and the family outsider. And then under the second part, the non-family members, we are going to talk about non-family insider and non-family outsider. And all of us, um, as you're listening, I'm sure you even have certain names in mind. We all have a lot of people that um, are pretty much closer um, to the family or not. And we have people that are not part of the family but have been around for so long um, that they are considered uh, as insiders. So, I mean, for sure, uh, all of us have those cases around us. Um, and really, that's about what this episode is going to be about, is just thinking about these kind of things. Uh, and if you're not in this situation, it can always be a different way of thinking um, when there is a real change that is needed in the family business. So let's start with the family insider, then we'll move on to the family outsider. So the family insiders are the traditional and preferred choice uh, or choices um, of successors in most family companies because, you know, I mean, they have, um, they understand the job, first of all, they understand the company, they've been there around uh, for a long time. Obviously, it's family and they're part of the really inside close group. Uh, they understand how things get done in the company very often. Uh, but the, only, the other thing that can um, block people from going with that choice is that family insiders are not always, um, let's say, um, they're not always in the right position to bring change to a business model. Uh, family insiders often have certain difficulties exactly because of those reasons. They've been around so much that sometimes they fear to not be liked if they want to bring certain changes and especially when it comes to certain people. Because again, here you talk about family relationships. So we have, if you have someone that is part of the family and considered as an insider, so very close, 
uh, you really do not want to get into any issues um, just to change a business model while you can actually hire again an external person or someone that is in a different position to exactly achieve the same results. So significant change often requires uh, letting some loyal people go, like I just said. So um, it, it can really be complicated for people to really um, change practices or change uh, things that have been in, in the industry or uh, in the processes for very long time. Um, exactly because of that is just that you don't want to get uh, into a conflict uh, for a company because again in, in anything that you're going to do uh, similarly to a lot of things that you do in life you do need support so again even though like I just I started by saying it's usually very often the traditional and preferred choice of successor it is also very often um, the one that won't help you with the growth that you're looking for so this is just, again, something to consider because, again, situations and families are very different from one to another. So, I mean, it's just about, again, communication and making sure that uh, those things maybe are discussed, uh, brought to the table and making sure that whoever you feel that because you already have a relationship and trust, you can also trust uh, whatever they want to do next. So, I mean, it really depends um, on the dynamic that you bring uh, as a CEO or maybe as someone who's listening who can contribute to a change uh, because any advice that you give will always help someone uh, to ease into a role, especially someone that has been around for a very long time and is a family member. So the second part of the family members is the family outsider. So family outsiders who make good CEO candidates um, very often sometimes are also quite independent from the family. That's why they're called outsiders. So they have their own things going on. So they either are themselves entrepreneurs or themselves great learners or themselves great business owners, but they are part of the family, but not as close as the family insider would be. Um, so these uh, family members that, that we are calling just for the sake of the episode outsiders um, understand the values, obviously, and they respect the strength of the company, uh, but they are very aggressive um, in the way they want to change things. Because usually, like I said, they are part of the family, but they've already been independent um, and quite isolated for the rest of the family for quite some time. Uh, usually you don't see them often. You see them just once in a while. You know that they're doing their own thing. You know that they have chosen a different path. Um but they are part of the family. So those are the people that we call family outsiders is that they don't necessarily come to family events. I mean, they're just there because they have their own personality and they do their own things. Uh, so again, here really um, um, emphasizes on the fact that they do respect the strength of the company because very often, again, when it comes to the same family, there is always things um, to explain a, a way of living. So someone who's a family but has chosen to be an outsider is has, has chosen to do that also for a reason. So you have to make sure that in the, in the end, you share the same values and that person is really respecting 
uh, the strength of the company and really is coming um, with the right attitude to bring changes. So the changes are not going to be um, uh, challenged a lot. I mean, even though some might be aggressive, I mean, you never know. Again, each situation is very different, but sometimes also it's very often needed um, when you see that things are not going the right direction to seek help uh, from someone outside. Uh, and again, the, be- the, the the good thing about this is that it's still a family member. So there is less um, introduction to do because obviously you're part of the same family. You already know each other. Um, it's not because you have a different life that you don't necessarily agree. It's just that you choose a different lifestyle. So uh, this this is something that I really like. I'm, I'm not sure if I would go for it. Uh, but again, like I said, it depends um, on the family and on the people. I mean, some communities, when they're really close, can also be uh, scared of being an outsider, but still being the family and getting involved in another part of the family. So it really depends on the dynamic, again, of the family, on how things are. Um, I know that in my case, uh, it would be way more easier, but again, it's just my family to straight away ask for a non-family member to get involved. Uh, But again, that's just me. A lot of other families um, can really do it uh, within themselves and it works just fine. So really the family insider and the family outsider uh, are really amazing choices to consider out of the four that we're going to talk about. And I love all of them, by the way. There's no right or wrong. Uh, like I said, it will really depend on the situation. It will depend on the business. It will also depend on why you want to do it. It will depend on the growth you want to see. And it really depends um, on your personality and, and how you want to collaborate with that person. So uh, that was our first part, uh, which was family members. So now the second part is the the non-family members. And we're going to start the same way we did with the first part, with the insiders, and then moving to the second part with the outsiders. So the non-family insiders um, usually are people that understand everything because they have been around uh, for a very, very long time. You can think of a very close family that you've been friends for so long for multiple generations. Uh, so they really understand the company internal system and they truly deeply respect its culture. Uh, the non-family insiders can have the same challenges, by the way, as family insiders because they're so close that you come back to the same dynamic of relationships. So you really have to make sure that you understand the succession plan. And uh, like I said, the four options are great, um, but don't really assume uh, that because this person is a non-family, um, as in the name is different or the blood is different, uh, that they will have less challenges than a family insider. And I think that while I'm saying this, the most important part is whether you are in the inside or not. So whether it's a non-family or a family insider, you really have to put this into perspective because um, they will kind of have the same challenges as if, or maybe even worse when you're a non-family member, because some people 
can be really mean when things don't go well and remind them that they're not part of it. So really making sure that, again, the relationship is the first thing, um, making sure that, you know, I mean, they really understand uh, the internal system. Sometimes maybe they would have helped already build them. Uh, really understanding and respecting the culture, understanding and respecting the family. Um, I mean, there's so many different examples um, that you can have. I mean, big, big, big families. I know that in France, in Paris specifically, I have tons of examples in mind. Uh, one that I have is is, is Hermès, the bags. Um, and I will add it to the episode in case I'm not pronouncing it right. Hermès, H-E-R-M-E-S. Um, and they're very known, I mean, worldwide uh, for the bags that they have, but Hermes is a family business. And, and I know that by reading and doing a lot of research on this episode, uh, I found a lot of different family businesses. And uh, I know that, for instance, um, Hermes, which is one of them, but again, there are tons of them. They went with very often non-family members uh, to take over the CEO position. So, um, again, this is, uh, like I said, when you're an insider, there is always um, the trust that already exists. So that's a very positive point uh, because it's someone that has been around that is already known and maybe not being a family member uh, makes things easier because by definition, you always have that little bit of outside feel because you go back to your own environment, uh, you have your own perspective, and maybe you haven't, I mean, when you're a non-family member anyway, you can never be involved in everything and the pressure is always less. So even when you are an insider, if you're a non-family insider, you will never have as much pressure as a family insider. So there is, there are things that are in common when you are an insider, but definitely not being part of the family um, will never actually compare to someone who's really going to be, um, let's say, seen differently or treated differently, um, and it can be in a good or a bad way, um, because they really have the same name. So again, an amazing option to consider. Uh, like I said, I recommend uh, that you initially consider all these four options if you're in this situation. Don't presume that one type or another is right. Uh, like I said, it really depends on the dynamic and the family and the business. So really, uh, this is just me talking about them because I, I really love this topic first and I love this kind of um, way of putting things in terms of CEO types. Um, but there is not one that I prefer more. And like I said, for my family is very particular. So, I mean, for us, at least, um, if we were in a position to choose, I would suggest someone who is not a family member. And then the last part of our episode is the non-family outsider. So, um, this one, so the non-family outsiders have really usually deep skills and experience, uh, that are really needed. So when you meet someone that is not in the family and is an outsider, very often a lot of research would have been done, um, to have certain criteria that you couldn't find elsewhere. So here, uh, the experience, the skills, uh, to change and grow the company while, again, respecting um, the strength, 
the culture of the company is really what is going to be number one, right? Because from the moment you choose that you want to go from a non-family outsider, it means that in your mind, you're really looking to hire someone specifically because those are the criteria that you're looking for. So this is just a hiring job. So it can even be something that you passed. Um, you, it's a non-family, it's, a, it's an outsider. So this is the further, the further you can go um when it comes to stranger because really you have no idea it can be someone that you have even just by recommendation or simple application um so again here i mean not every outsider would do you'll have to do a lot of different uh interviews exactly like a job because all the three that we just talked about um they had a very strong common point is that at least they were more or less part of the family and they were known uh out of the four options the non-family outsider is really the only person that you will never know uh or maybe someone would know but really would have no connection with you as the owner of the family so uh sometimes it's easier sometimes when you have someone that comes that has nothing to do with your environment things are just neutral so sometimes for people this is the best choice because uh, they really value you i mean they get to know you they ask you questions because they're really just trying to discover who you are and get to know you better so they really take the time to respect what you would have built with your family to respect the values um they have a strong understanding obviously of the ceo position they have ideas and orientation and guidance but they really won't be so aggressive because really they have really let's say nothing much to prove except really doing a great job and um the good thing about this is that uh again not knowing the family well can really bring fresh ideas without really being scared uh of anyone because they don't know the reactions of people while maybe the other three because you have people and reputation and probably relationships uh that would have been around for quite some time they will maybe refrain a little bit from saying certain things now the only the other thing about the non-family outsiders is that if they don't pay attention as well to the fact that they will have to get to know the family this can lead them to really fail uh, because obviously a, a, a company is a company whether you call it a family business or not it is a company so you cannot take over as a ceo and not getting to know again the people the culture um that you're taking over right so i mean this is really important um to also not hire someone only for skills and experience uh but really someone who understands uh people like i always often say because it will it will boil down to that and even more so when you're dealing with a company so um again i mean as a conclusion i really hope that I mean, you will love this topic. I really enjoyed even preparing it because it made me think of my own situation with my family and my parents. But whichever type of CEO you ultimately choose, um, it is a good idea to develop successor candidates uh, who really appreciate your culture, respect your strength, um, and are good at preserving key relationships. I think that's really the point, is that even if you're not there yet and you're not looking for a new CEO, uh, start thinking about it because a lot of things can really help, even just by looking at um, what are the characteristics of a good CEO that actually will take over for a business uh, and your family business. It can help you a lot um, even in thinking probably maybe or even certain changes before even hiring that person.
So uh, these are really good practices and activities and um, a lot of things that I do, obviously, I help people um, within my business, but it's also amazing when you do it, uh, within your own, uh, within your own family. And, uh, I am lucky enough because obviously talking about family businesses, talking about family, uh, ownership is something that is very much positive, right? It means that at least you have something to actually, um, that your parents or even your grandparents worked so hard to actually, um, you know, I mean, give you. So it's it's really an amazing, it's an amazing conversation to have. Uh, it's always positive. It's always enriching to even think about it. Um, thinking about a successor is fun. I mean, at least I find it fun. So really try to enjoy as well the process as you're doing it and not only stress about it because it can be stressful. Uh, but I personally know that I really love this kind of conversations. So... Uh, that is it for our episode for today. I really hope uh, that you have uh, enjoyed it. I mean, as much as I did uh, doing it. Uh, yeah, developing your next CEO for your family business. And just a quick recap before closing, we talked about the family insider, the family outsider, the non-family insider and the non-family outsider. So I wish you an amazing and beautiful rest of the week, only two days before Friday. And uh, I, again, appreciate you so, so much and your time and being here three times a week. I am very grateful for your presence. Thank you so much. I wish you an amazing Wednesday first and then the rest of the week. And I will talk to you again on Friday for our mental health episode. Thank you so, so much and bye.